delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is on the grid. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming your way for all of our British listeners over there on RS1. You'll know this name, Tom Oliphant. Of course, he's a multiple British touring car championship race winner. Now racing over here in Australia in our TCR competition for Ash Seawood. Racing a Link & Co car this week at Phillip Island. We'll find out all about Tom and his life in motorsport. Mark Walker, Richard Quayle, also to wrap up what's been a massive week in motorsport. We'll uh, have a look at what happened in NASCAR. We'll have a look at what happened in the F1s in Miami. Not much, I can tell you, but, oh, something happened. Anyway, talk about all that and more right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. All right, joining me off the top, as always, Richard Quayle. G'day to you, buddy. Hey, Tony. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you, mate. Uh, grabbing you before you hop on a plane to make the journey down here to Melbourne for a big weekend. Shannon Speed Series at the great Phillip Island Grand Prix circuit. One of the great racetracks in the world, Shebex. As you know, being a parochial Victorian, yes. but uh, even we love getting to that place. And it's a really good weekend. Super Cheap Auto TCR, Trans Am, Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, S5000 with Push to Pass, which is going to be really cool. Excellent. Uh, production cars and GT4 have got more than 30 cars. I'm missing one in there. Kumo V8s are back. So we'll get some some old school supercars running as well. It's a massive race meeting, and uh, we'll preview that a little bit later on the show. Yeah, we certainly will. And I wonder whether our first guest has actually raced at Phillip Island before. I reckon he might have, but I'm not too sure because he's from the UK. Lives here, though, now in Australia. Multiple British Touring Car Championship race winner. His name is Tom Oliphant, and he joins us for a check. G'day, Tom, how are you? Hey, guys. Um, yeah, really well, thank you. Um, pleasure to be on. Uh, pleasure to have you on. First question then, have you raced at Phillip Island before? <laughs> no, no. Um, the only race meeting I've done in Australia is the first round of the TCR Australia F-Series, which was at Tasmania. So um, every single race is going to be a, a new, exciting adventure for me. But um, but I have tested at Phillip Island a couple of weeks ago, so that's all good. It's one of those racetracks, Tom, that has global recognition through MotoGP, World Superbikes. Um, what what did you know about Phillip Island before you got there? And then what did you uh, what did you think about the place once you'd cut your first laps in that test day the other week? Well, it's definitely one of the best racetracks that I've ever driven. Um, in, in all honesty, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a weird uh, racing driver. I um I don't really watch much motorsport and I mm. and I like to experience a track for the first time when I go there to race. So um, I don't tend to watch a lot of kind of racing of, of tracks I haven't raced at and I don't tend to um, don't tend to watch much bikes. So I haven't really got much experience of Phillip Island, obviously, before a couple of weeks ago when I went testing. But wow, it's um, it's a special place. It, 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 it reminds me of a couple of tracks, really. It reminds me a bit of Donington Park in England. Mm. Um, you know, nice elevation changes. Going down to Old Hairpin, you know, there's some quite quick sweeping corners. Um, and, and it's quite technical, but also a little bit of spa as well. Um, a few blind corners, a few um, very, very ballsy ones. So um, it's definitely a great track to drive for sure. And We've heard the Donington Park reference before, haven't we, Richard? But that's the first time I've heard Spa. 
Yeah, normally people look at Bathurst and go, oh, yeah, that's Spa, but I like yeah. it. And, and the, the, I reckon there's a bit of Thruxton in it as well, that really fast, high load, high average speed kind of style of racetrack as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, um, I, I compared it to Thruxton today when I was actually on the simulator um, mm. because of its high technical nature. It doesn't look a completely complex track, right? It, on the face of it, it the, the corners are relatively simple. But just like Thruxton, you have to be at the right part of the track in the right timing with the right speed, right braking, right throttle. And it's all such a knife edge kind of track. If you're just a couple of K lower going into a corner, you could lose two or three attempts and that's the difference. So, mm. um, so yeah, it's a really technical track. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're facing the, the sky for half of it, right? Like <laughs> coming over, start, finish straight, all you see is ocean. And then going into... Um, is it turn eight? Uh, I don't know the names yet. Apologies. But yeah. the long uphill over crest down into the hairpin. Um, that's, a, that, that's the one. Um, it's a stunning corner. Mm. Um, and, and one, you know, that definitely takes more than 10 laps to get used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lukey heights into MG. That's all you've got to remember. Yeah, that's, that's the vernacular that's, you need that's to. That's the vernacular call. Exactly. You need to know. Hey, uh, Tom, this week we see the Lincoln Co. debut here in Australia. So by debut for the very first time, it'll be a new car for a lot of us in regards to TCR racing. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Oh, it's phenomenal. Um, you know, obviously it's got a big presence in Europe. Um, I was managed by Andy Prio in the last couple of years. Um, and um, uh, he was he was mentoring me when he took on the Lincoln Co. project. Uh, I think he was one of the first factory drivers for them. Um, and the words he used to describe it were very similar to what I do. It's just an awesome piece of kit. It's, it's built for a racing driver. It's built from the ground up to be a very, very fast car. Um, just for all the little details on the car make the me mechanic and the engineering so much simpler than other cars. Um, so, you know, pit stops and mechanical changes that we'll want to make would be a lot quicker, but yeah, it just, it looks awesome. Um, you know, I, I fit in it. I'm six foot one. So, you know, I'm very comfortable in the seat and yeah, driving it for the first time, it, it, it does not go around a corner. Well, and, uh, sexy new livery as well with auto glim coming on board, which is great. And you can check out those. Uh, images on the TCR website and they're on up on the race talk as well. So check them out. It's a really, really good looking race car. It looks tough. Tom, some people that, that listen to us won't be familiar with your journey and, and won't perhaps know the, the story of how a, a guy who's won races at the highest level of touring car racing in the UK has ended up racing here. So, so what, what brought you to this point? What, what, made you leave UK motorsport and, and the UK and, and move down to Australia? Yeah, so I've taken a little bit of a different journey to most um, Australian drivers who are racing over here. Um, yeah, no, I made my way up through um, sort of a started in single seaters um, after karting and then didn't really like that, didn't like having my head out of, out of the car in all fairness. So um, mm. so went into GTs and um, won my GT4 championship in 2015 in England and then um, moved into Porsches, raced Porsches all around the world um, and then decided touring cars was kind of, you know, calling me. So I raced there once in front-wheel drive, which is my only front-wheel drive year experience, but I've got under my belt up until this year. Mm. 
and then and then three years for BMW, and I loved every second of it. But you know, it's um, the reason I've moved over here is because of my fiance. So we've been dating for thirteen and a half years. We met at university. Wow, years off greatly. So um, it was always on the cards. And honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd have probably been here a couple of years earlier. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, we we decided a long time ago that Australia was kind of where we wanted to settle down and and start, you know, our life properly together. I always talk about my 20s and, and my racing, to which, you know, Jen supported me incredibly well um, as, you know, just living in a suitcase, kind of enjoying every moment not really caring about what the future holds really. Um, but at some point, you know, when you turn 30, you have to take it a bit more seriously. So hmm. we decided to move over here um, and she's working here. So I came over and um, got my visa and uh, got back for in January. So that allows me to go racing again. So sadly last year I had a year out, which hmm. wasn't, wasn't very enjoyable. I mean, it was good and bad, right? Like, you know, I needed a break. I've been doing it for 22 years straight and it gets tiring. It gets hard, especially competing at like the highest level. And, um, and I really enjoyed my break and just a bit of downtime to do, you know, what I wanted to do. And then started getting the itch around six months in to go back racing. So put, put everything in place with TCR Australia and Ashley with Motorsport. And that's where you find me today. Yeah, that, that's you- awesome, man. Sorry, so I was going to say, you're a professional driver, Tom, or do you have a, an occupation that you also have behind you? Um, so I call myself a professional driver, as in this is my full-time job. However, I do have a couple of other businesses that I've set up along the way. So, um, you know, making money in motorsport is so difficult these days. Um, the guys at the top of, of each category in each country are very lucky. Um, but I always wanted to earn money doing something else so um i set up a motorsport pr agency in england called next level motorsports which is going incredibly strongly we take care of a lot of manufacturers drivers teams sort of pr and and social media requirements um and i've got a team in england that run that for me whilst i'm over here just kind of directing it yeah and then uh just before i moved here which was Terrible timing. Um, I set up with another friend of mine um, a golf biomechanics center of excellence, which oh, wow. um, is my other passion in life, which is golf. And um, he's a strength and conditioning coach, and he was training me for motorsport. And my golf game got incredibly good as a result of his training. And so, therefore, we thought, ah, oh, you know, why don't we put a business together to do that? So um, that's what we did. And it's based in Warwickshire, where I used to live, and um, and yeah, that's been going just over a year now, and that's going really well. So I've got a couple couple of irons in the fire, as as people say, but um, but yeah, my main focus is is on my motorsport and um, and winning. Basically, that's that's what drives me forward. Yeah, on well, both of those businesses, I think could ultimately sort of branch out into Australia as well, because very very similar sort of market. Um, I love the BTCC; it's incredible. It's an incredible show. Um, the racing is is furious. Um, just, just talk me through your yeah. four full time seasons there, and, and three of them with with West Surrey Racing, which is a team that's very well known here in Australia. But you had some success, a couple of race wins, lots of podiums, sixth in the twenty twenty championship. What what was that championship like to be part of and to drive with WSR and, and be part of that BMW team? 
Um, well, nothing can ever prepare you to go touring car racing in England. Um, you know, it's one of the hardest series I've I've ever driven, and and a lot of drivers say exactly the same thing. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, it's an incredibly highly competitive field. You've got so many different cars that can win. It is an absolutely spectacular show. I mean, everybody loves it over there, and, it, and it's known worldwide, right? People, mm. it's a bit like uh, V8s over here, right? Supercars is, you know, that's very well known across the world. Um, British touring cars is the same. Um, but yeah, I class the top sort of six drivers in that as some of the best drivers in world touring cars, and I'm pretty sure any of them could jump in any car and, and compete. Um, but I loved it, and uh, having the honour to to race for WSR at the same time was was just you know a, a a goal of mine, a dream of mine ever since I started cars, which I, I wanted to race for BMW in that team. Mm. Um, you know, Dick Bennett's is is a legend. Um, he's engineered and ran drivers like Senna, Hackman, Barrichello, and you know I've got trophies up in their workshop alongside those, you know drivers that you know are just some of the best in the world or ever so um it was a fantastic experience racing for bmw is also a fantastic experience you know i got to do a lot of really really cool things with the brand and yeah i loved every moment of it honestly you know i um it took a lot for me to turn down the uh the fourth season with them yeah um i'd have loved to have stayed um but you know, the way the world going, the way motorsports going, it, it, it just became commercially more difficult. Mm. And, you know, we had other factors kind of pulling us over here. So it was a very tough decision, but I do miss the racing over there. You know, I, I, I watched last weekend, they were at Brands Hatch and, you know, there was some drama and some some fights and it was probably weather that I would have liked. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, a part of me would love to jump back into it, but you know, the other ninety percent of me is is like, you know what, like, you know, I've got a great life over here, and I've got some racing to push forward. And TCR is is just a, a really cool building, growing series, which I think will, you know, be be one of the best touring car series in Australia, um, in the near future. You know, there's lots of interest in it, and and it's really good fun to drive. So, yeah, um, yeah, well, and and you're you're adding your name to a list of of well-credentialed BTCC drivers who have come here to race. And you mentioned Andy Prio yeah. and, and and he's one of them, Matt Neal, um, Jason yep. Plato on regular occasions came and, and raced at Bathurst. So um, yeah. it, it's a cool club. I always thought Colin Turkington with his rear wheel drive background, much like yours um, in BTCC would be well suited to a supercar here, just given his, um, his experience. So um, let's cast our minds ahead to this weekend. I, I suppose it's a bit of an unknown, isn't it? Because you've got the one test under your belt. We, we've not seen the the Lincoln Co. run in super cheap TCR Australia. We don't know how the BOP cards are going to fall. And that's always something you need to you play with in TCR racing. So I, I'd ask you how you think you're going to go this weekend, but I, I'm not sure if you'd be able to give me an answer. Yeah, I mean, um, there's so many factors to to each race weekend, but I'm I'm pretty confident, you know, this this weekend going into Tasmania in the Alfa Romeo, you know, which is the the oldest car on the grid, um, mm. with the new tire and you know a lot of a lot of very good drivers and a lot of very new machinery, um, you know, we come away with fifth in the championship, considering I've never seen the track, never seen the car, 
didn't have any test days before that and, you know, managed to get fourth, fifth and a seventh. So, um, you know, we were really, really pleased with how we did in Tasmania. Um, and and I know for a fact this car is just head and shoulders above the Alpha. Um, so I'm confident I'm going to be closer to the front. Mm. Um, obviously, local knowledge is at my disadvantage and I can't hide from that. You know, I've got to hold my hands up and I've just got to learn as quickly as I possibly can. I've got two practice sessions on Friday and hopefully I'll get some decent running and then, you know, balls to the wall in qualifying. But, you know, I'm not here to make up the numbers and neither is Ash Seawood Motorsport. Like, they've shown great intent by bringing in arguably the best touring car in TCR across from Europe. And they've got great support from the Geely Group and Lincoln Co. themselves. And, you know, we've got all the tools under us now. We just need a little bit of luck and a little bit more time. So I'm pretty confident I can get a trophy this weekend. And that's my goal. I I narrowly missed out on it in Tasmania. And I know, you know, Will Brown and that Audi with a a diff that isn't snapped in half will be incredibly quick. And, you know, he's probably favourite to put on pole and and win the race. And I'm not going to doubt that, but... You know, I've raced against a lot of very good drivers and I'm confident as soon as I get up to speed and as soon as I'm confident around that track, I can give anybody a run for their money. So, yeah, I'm um, I'm feeling a lot more confident than, than when I went into Tasmania, for sure. Tom, well, we're going to finish off by throwing you in our little question go-kart. There's a little seven-turn tra- seven track ahead of you. Takes awesome. about a minute to complete the track. Are you ready? Go for it. <laughs> All right, here we go up to turn one. And the first question is, what football team do you break for? Newcastle. No, what football team do you break for? <laughs> Newcastle Australian United. Rule Australian no, no, no. football. We invent, look, this might take more than a minute. This, we invented football. We named it. So if you want to say footy, then I'll say the Dragons, which is, a you know, not a very popular thing to say at the moment. But no. football team is Newcastle United in England. I'll accept that. Black and, black and white. That's all right. No black problem. Black and white. Uh, favourite race car that you've ever driven? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, I'd say the 330i from BMW at the moment is probably my favourite race car I've ever driven. But then I think the Lincoln Co. will be very close to that once I have a few more days. Uh, we're up to turn three, and it's your favourite racetrack? Spa. Hands down. Yeah, fair enough too. Uh, as we head into turn form, I want to know if you've ever had a pot and a palmy at a pub. <laughs> <laughs> um, not sure what that is. <laughs> chicken parmigiana, you've got to have it. It's a ch- breast of chicken crumb oh, with ham. Yeah, the chicken snitty. Oh, yeah. yeah, chicken snitty. Yeah, I've had yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah. Man. yeah. Well, got that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll accept that. Uh, what are your expectations for this season in TCR? To get plenty of podiums and some nice trophies on my wall. Oh, beautiful. Uh, you understand the relationship between Australia and England in cricket? Uh, yes. Good. That's all I need to know. Yes, yes. Just be, weary. <laughs> I, I, just be wary of that, especially if you're around Richard in the middle of the year. Yeah. Because just, we do have just, an extra series just, coming up. Well, I hate cricket. I only support um, teams that England are better in. So, therefore, not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> final fair. final turn and you're in the home straight are you going to take your fiance to go see the penguins while you're at Phillip Island she's already booked in for Thursday mate outstanding <laughs> good answer honorary, honorary Aussie he is 
Yeah, I think he, I think that's citizenship right there, isn't it, Shabes? One hundred percent for sure. <laughs> hey Tom, thanks for your time. You've been a lot of fun, mate. We wish you all the best over the weekend. First time at Philip Binding and have heaps of fun there, mate. And good luck for the remainder of the season. Oh, cheers for having me, guys. It's been a laugh. Tom Oliphant joining us here on the grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next. On the grid. Always love welcoming this bloke onto the podcast, Richard Mark Walker. G'day to you. Oh, g'day to you, Tony Shabeki. That's huge. Hey, <laughs> well, speaking of huge, <laughs> I reckon this weekend could be an absolute line in the sand for the Shannon Speed Series as the coming of age because I don't think we've had what shapes up to be a meeting of this size and stature for this level of motorsport in ever. Right, well, um, that's Here just we me tearing up my hot. <laughs> I'll screw you over. Good right there, off the very top of the show. <laughs> Can we go early? <laughs> no, I agree. You I are agree. right, though. It's a big program. Big yeah, it's program. a good, it's a good high quality program. Um, well, there's it. a little bit of everything, and that's what I like about it. Yeah, not the biggest fields in the world, but they're certainly competitive. And and I challenge you to look at the entry list for all of them and go, yeah, that guy's definitely going to win in any of the categories that are there. And that's, that's what I like about it. I remember maybe 12 years ago, production cars would have been the headline act at this mm. race meeting at mm. Phillip Island, but uh, you know, not knocking production cars. They've got a 30 plus grid coming on this weekend. That's really good. And that actually is shaping up to quite a competitive field in itself, but uh, everything else that's been piled on on top is, is really, really good. So I, for one, can't wait to be there. And I honestly don't know what I'm, going to be most excited about because there's some really good classes on show well richard take us through some of the uh events of the weekend and what we can expect to see uh well i mean we, we've just heard from tom oliphant wasn't he a good guest he was. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed yeah. that and it's always nice to have a little bit of cultured english accents on the program and um we don't get that too often with us three on it but uh no it was that was good um yeah, well, I mean, TCR is is going to be genuinely very, very interesting. Just just with not really knowing where the form guide is, and and a couple of new cars rolling in as well, which is nice. So, the Lincoln Co, which has been the dominant car in in TCR racing for the last couple of seasons, in in Europe and in what was World TCR, um, it, it's you know it, it's kind of uh, like a stepchild of the the Polestar GRM supercar in a way, because it's been developed by Cyan Racing, which spat itself out of Polestar and Polestar merged into Volvo and became their premium EV brand. Cyan Racing became what Polestar was as the race team. And they've developed these cars and they've been dominant. And they finished first in the, the opening round of World TCR last weekend at Portimao. Uh, as well, which is cool. So they're they're a good thing. And then you've got Michael Clementi in the Cooper TCR. So cool to see one of those cars. That's a current spec Cooper. It's a, a later spec car than the one we had here in 2019. So that's going to be good fun. And then um, the two current spec Audis, Will Brown and Zach Suter, looking for revenge, basically, after a horrible weekend with um, different uh, issues. And you heard Tom touch on that in his chat that they left there with 10 points between the two of them. Mm. Um, and they were 10 points for pole position and that was it. So um, they've, they've got some massive digging to do, but um, I like it looking forward to it and, and seeing how that plays out. And then, you know, I could run through the whole field, but Josh Bucken in that new Hyundai, which is a really cool thing. And I think that's going to suit Phillip Island better than it did Simmons Plains and uh, old Tony D'Alberto, who just, is omnipresent and he does what 
everyone at wall racing does, which is just circulate and accumulates points. And you rock up at the end of the week and go, hang on, Tony's third overall. How's he done that? So, um, yeah, there's a lot to like in, in TCR this weekend, even if it isn't the biggest field uh, the series has ever seen. Yeah, I mean, the old Honda was a quick thing at Phillip Island last year, wasn't it? And we've got an, another Honda out there with Brad Harris as well, stepping up to make his debut. But against such a competitive field and all those newer cars, it's going to be hard work for him. But uh, good to see the, the field growing. And we like a good Volvo. There's no doubt about that down here in Oz. Yeah, look, uh, it's, it's not, but... The, the Lincoln yeah, Co, it's, a, it's yeah. a funny, th- you know, it's a Swedish-Chinese hybrid sort of thing, mm. isn't it? It's a mm. cool bit of kit. Uh, V8 Touring Car Series, so is that Super 4? No, well, well, uh, if, if, yeah, I mean, if you want to go down that route, you can, but, um, no, what, what it is, is, a is a rebirth really of the artist formerly known as the Kumo series. And, um, as you listen to this podcast, the entry list will be Wednesday lunchtime. Yeah. The entry list will be out by now. So people will know what's there so we can talk about it. Um, so 11 cars this weekend. So it's a, a, a smallish start, but they're going to have 16 to 18 at Winton for the next round. There were five cars that almost got to Phillip Island, but but weren't quite ready in time. And a lot of these cars have been sitting in workshops since 2019 when it last ran as it's as a standalone thing. Remember in 2020, what was the Kumo series put Dunlops on and ran with Super 2 during COVID and that now continues onwards, which is all great. But, but what that did do was park some of the proper privateers and, and they got outpaced, I suppose, from being in those fields. So there's a lot of people trying to, to get cars back together and run. So And then by the end of the year, Sandown and Bathurst are the last two rounds, conveniently. Um, there's a bunch of Super 2 teams that are looking at running their old spec machinery in it with their current Super 2 drivers to get them more laps at two pretty important tracks where you can't go testing. So I, I reckon by Bathurst in November, this field could have 25 cars based on what we've seen from an, an entry interest point of view. So it, it's going to be a really interesting build over the year to see how it goes. But you've got Jude Bagwana making his debut, which is a cool story, in the car that won Super 3 last year with Brad Vaughan. So it's a decent bit of kit. But the driver I'm most looking forward to, boys, mm. pro- almost out of everything this weekend, is watching what Jamie Tilly does. Well, because I've been fortunate enough to watch young Jamie go to work in Touring Car Masters over the last couple of seasons. And in a five-litre Mustang, he on occasion has raced with JB and Stephen Johnson and Ryan Hansford and Roel Harris last year and some genuinely gun drivers and has been very, very impressive. So in a, a V8 Touring Car, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he do. And I think this is an opportunity for... for um, for young Jamie to show what he's he's got, I think, which will be cool. Yeah, look. So, at I mean, so Jetty Four's joining in with the production cars. Mentioned the production cars earlier. That's going to be interesting. Uh, still a smallish field of them, but it'll be interesting to see how they go against those hot uh, production cars, especially after Bathurst, where it was reasonably competitive at the front of the field between those guys. And you've got a lot more of the better. Uh, better in inverted commas, the fastest sort of uh, BMWs coming back into that field. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, Shane Smolin in a brand new Porsche Cayman 718 GD4. So that's a brand new car. It arrived in Melbourne last week. It's been wrapped. And um, I think he's got a, he had a shakedown on Monday this week to see how it ran. 
and uh, he'll go into that. So Shane's a former Pro-Am champion in Carrera Cup, so he can drive. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, about the six-hour winner as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes in that car against the, the Mercs in GT4, which have been the, the dominant force. But, yeah, seven GT4 cars is good, but 31 overall mm. production cars and GT4 is a really solid field. The other interesting thing here, boys, is um, – a little bit further down, Chris Lillis will be making the debut of a Chevy Camaro in production car racing. So we get Mustang v Camaro now in APC for the first nice. time, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Hey, uh, let's turn our attention to supercars. A couple of stories coming there. And uh, one, of course, is Triple Eight setting to launch their uh, super cheap auto wildcard entry. Uh, Craig Lowndes leading that with Zane Goddard. Yeah. Well, all the talk... still get a drive. Well, yeah, I mean, he'll have a drive there as long as he wants it. I, I reckon, because mm. I, I think there's going to be interest in uh, them running that wild card, and he's a good thing at Bathurst. So, uh, all power to him. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a fair few clickbaity sort of headlines that sort of took a throwaway line there. That uh, you know, is this the end of the line for CL? I don't think so. I think he'll keep plodding along there as uh, as long as he wants to. Yeah, I reckon he will too. Uh, WAU have also come out and said that they vow to keep fighting to stay up the front. I think they're doing a pretty good job with Chaz. They just need to work out what's happening with their second car, don't they? Well, I think the other, the biggest story with WAU is that they've, they're not going to run a wild card. So what that's done is I think we can formally now take this opportunity to congratulate Charlie Schwerkolp. Finally, on the podium. Luff on getting on the Bathurst podium this year. He's bought himself a podium. But they've signed Warren Luff. So, therefore, it is inevitable. Oh, yeah, 100%. It is inevitable yeah. that they finish on the podium this year because that's what Luffy does. And he wasn't there last year. So, therefore, he has to be there. Correct. You he couldn't have mean? two years in a row. No, no you're right. But, like, you can't miss out more than one year in a row. So, um, well done, Scotty. Well done, Charlie. Was awesome. I'm, I'm stoked to see them on the Bathurst podium in October this year. That's awesome. Well done. That'd be great. Good result. Good result. Uh, as we head up to Tassie next weekend, anything else we need to cover up off? Up to Tassie. Up, up. Down to Tassie. They, uh, have, they, have they finally done what they should have done a long time ago and just wrapped some chains around the thing and just parked it off the Wit Sundays? Can you, imagine, can you imagine how amazing Tasmania would be if it was tropical? Doesn't it actually fit in Port Phillip Bay? Isn't that where it sort of came from originally? What? <laughs> oh, that wasn't it attached to our mainland, and then all of a sudden there was a big whatever it was. and then it just went out through the heads there, down the bottom. There'd be some bottom. kid who listens to this and is just failing geography badly after last week trying to figure out where the Scottish-Irish border is. And now... yeah, hang on, hang on. Now, I do believe that I might be joined in good company there. Well. Was there, was there not a Daniel Ricardo who might have messed up a Scotsman and an Irishman or something in an interview? Well, yeah, but... He's a racing car driver. Not he's he's, he's, he's not very smart. <laughs> Uh, well, and look, we mean that with all, all due respect, Daniel. We do to racing car drivers. Racing car drivers. <laughs> <laughs> Debatable. Um, oh, look, we'll, we'll talk Tassie next week. But um, yeah. uh, Porsche Sprint Challenge going there, by the way, and Formula Four. And Formula Four. Looking forward to that. Two series that make you watch behind your hands through sort of gap fingers because they can often be real sketch. So yeah. uh looking you reckon Richard. I do reckon Mark. Yes. How come we, there's two cases of baldness we can trace back to Formula Ford at Simmons, Simmons Plains, Plains 2012. Yeah. Never has there been a more stressful 
motorsport event in the history of motorsport. That yeah. was absolutely terrifying. If if you listen to this in Tasmania and you are on the fence about going to Simmons Plains next weekend, just go. But don't, don't go on the fence. Don't stand on the fence at Phillip Island. Stand 25 rows back. But <laughs> you need to see Phillip Island at that joint because it, it is, in instances, hilarious. Like It is just funny how they race there. It's so good. It is a, a great spectacle. So check that out. But um, if you're in Victoria, you really do need to get yourself down to Phillip Island this weekend for, for Shannon Speed Series. Very good value race meeting. Um, I'll tell you what tickets are, but I forgot to look it up before we started the show, but um, they're not that expensive. Go to speedseries.com.au and find out. And if you cannot get there, which would be a shame because the weather actually looks half decent for once Mm. in Victoria. It's going to be a nice weekend. Yeah. 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 So um, the high teens, low 20. So um, get there. But if you can't live on Stan Sport, live on nine on Saturday. And if you're listening through RS1, Radio Show Limited, uh, it will be live streamed internationally via the Speed Series website as well. I mean, a few of the other categories sort of glossed over there, but GT World Challenge, oh yeah, grown field there. They got a couple of big races as well. That'll that's a fun. That's a banging championship this year. That is yeah. a properly good series. So twenty-two cars, and we're missing the Triple Eight Mercs because that team's up at uh, Buriram at the Chang International Circuit for the opening round of World Challenge Asia where the princes, to be fair, kind of have to represent in World True. Challenge Asia because it's sort of their backyard. But um, so the, unfortunately they're missing out, but but they're, you know, that's a 22 cars is, is net growth there, which is awesome. Dylan O'Keefe pops back in an Audi with Andrew Fawcett that won the silver class at the 12 hour. Um, Fraser Ross back alongside Liam Talbert, which is a big call because it frees young Max Hoffer, who's mm. been one of the superstars of this year, in my opinion, he came from nowhere, rocked up at Bathurst at Easter and smoked everybody. Um, it puts him alongside Jeff Emery, who is extremely well credentialed yeah. when it comes to GT driving. Yeah. So uh, they are, for mine, the favourites, I think, in GT going into this weekend because the Audi's always gone really well and, and not having those Triple Eight mercs there is, is going to hurt the AMG Brigade. I'd, I'd like to be uh, surnamed Hoffer and get some family pooling on the points there from his frequent flyers. He's uh, locked yes. up a few miles this year. <laughs> yes. Actually, I do need to find out if he's just stayed here or not. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine there's not many direct flight. Well, ironically, there is Perth. You can go Perth-London. So um, mm. maybe he has just jumped on the old Qantas long haul and uh, lobbed back and forth. I don't know. S5000, push to pass. Yeah, well, that's going to be... Uh, that's going to be the big story because this will be the first time they've gone to a circuit where they can actually use it on a like a properly long, flat-out straight like Gardner Straight. So um, with a fast entry as well. Mm. Um, and S5000 has always been bloody good at Phillip mm. Island. Um, do you remember the Sunday race there two years ago with Randall and then seven cars locked in behind him and they were boxing mm-hmm. on? Well, what I else? remember Randall in the wet there. Yeah, with Cooper Webster. Who yeah, beat and him. Just Cooper Webster in the mm. wet there. He's awesome. Mm. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And then uh, Trans Am, which is insane this year. And the depth of competition there is amazing. So Ben Grice back in a brand new car. Um, Chris Pappas in El- young Elliot Cleary. So Tim Slade drove that car at round one um, because Elliot was too young to right. his national license. So he makes his cool. national racing debut at Phillip Island. Um, Tyler Everingham, Jay Robotham, James Moffat, Lockie Dalton, Nash Morris back, Owen Kelly, Elliot Barber, Holdsworth, 
I've almost read out the entire entry list, but all of those people can win races. So. And, and Robotham won a race over in Thailand in mm. their Trans Am series over there. So mm. uh, some form on the board in between rounds. Yep. Uh, thoughts on Miami, gentlemen? Uh, yeah, it was a decent, it was an okay race with an inevitable result. Yeah. <laughs> it was better than last year. Yeah. Yeah, but then so was watching the fake grass in my backyard grow. So and they still yeah. had the fake pond there for the boats, which yeah, was I disappointing. Love that. No, I think that's amazing. That, they oh, promised us the water. Best thing ever. It's so good. I want to see what happens that if they do get one of those Floridian downpours. Like the thing is just going to fill up and it will actually turn into a real marina. You'll just see this random super yacht parked halfway across the circuit. Uh, yeah, look, it was a disappointing race in that. Only the Red Bulls were good and that Checo couldn't beat Max, which I think is all anyone wants now is, is to see an internal fight. But I don't know how many people are confident. I'm certainly not that we would see the same inter-team battle between Perez and Verstappen that we saw with Ricardo and Verstappen and with Weber and Vettel. I, we just, I don't know if anyone's quite outside of Perez. Anyone's got quite the faith that Perez is good enough to do the job over an entire season. Do you reckon Over Daniel Max? goes up to Chico and says, hey, mate, this ain't going to work well for you? Wow. But he, he's doing the job. Like yeah. He only has to finish he second. And, and he's won two of the five races. He's not doing bad. Mm. The the thing, though, in the weekend is that there was just no mistakes on mm. race day because outside Nick Debris uh, punting Lando at the first corner, uh, Carlos overshooting the pit lane entry, uh, there were no safety cars, no virtual safety cars. Uh, only two cars finished off the lead lap. Mm. It was just a perfectly clean, normal sort of race, wasn't that? There wasn't really any massive dramas to talk about. Mm. All I can say is, thank God, it was actually in the morning here of a decent hour. And yeah, it was watchable. A one o'clock race because a lot of people would have fallen asleep watching it at that time. But the fact that it was six o'clock in the morning was... Oh, great. yeah, it was, it, was, it was a watchable race. There was enough going on in the midfield, which is yeah. everywhere from 3rd to 20th. <laughs> To make it entertaining. What's your take on the LL Cool J, the Miami Dolphins Cheer Me Up Girls, and the 30-piece orchestra intro? That's been well, probably more chat than the race, really. I think we'll come to that. <laughs> Here we go. Hang on. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, let's get our boxing correspondent, Mark Walker. Oh, so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> NASCAR picked a good day to have a good race. Yeah. When they're having a bit of a snooze fest down there in Miami, they had a good one. Um, Kansas, Toyota dominated the start, then Chevy's came good at the end, and it wound up being Toyota's and Chevy's fighting it out. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson uh, went down to the last lap with Larson in the fence and Hamlin in victory lane. Um, that was great. Now, the race itself was actually pretty spicy. Uh, and we mentioned him last week, Noah Gregson, who has the worst haircut in the history of the world. <laughs> And it is a haircut that will go down in the record books as one that was absolutely clopped in the mush by Ross Chastain. <laughs> Have you heard the, the second camera angle of it? The the sound of the impact of Ross Chastain absolutely smoking him. And all the podcasts from the States this week have been so analytical of his moves to <laughs> grab him and the punching action and the actions that it's just unbelievable. And old Ross Chastain, he's don't give a stuff to it. It continues. And he continues to get away with it because finally someone went up to confront him and he got punched in the mouth. So uh, 
that was pretty good. And the other interesting thing there is that uh, Chastain and Gregson actually trained together during the week. They <laughs> share a trainer. Yeah. So uh, if they roll into Darlington next weekend with black eyes and chunks of hair missing, <laughs> uh, you know, that there's been some interesting stuff go down in training during the week. Has there been um, any backlash from NASCAR about it or? Uh, not yet. Normally, midweek, normally uh, just before the podcast drops, they release their penalties. Mm, yeah, okay. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, I Please don't think don't. there'll be much Please to don't. come of it. It might just be of a fine but the, the fact that they've used it in every social post and they've all gone viral this week uh it'd be a bit hypocritical if they do issue any yeah. sort of penalty great publicity no doubt about it uh no indycar news really to speak of apart from the fact that i do see that jimmy johnson might not race in the indy 500 this year no he's out no, it's done yeah. He's not there. No, too busy being a, a team owner yeah, of a team that's going to Toyota. Oh, I see. Here you are. You're, you're snipping my... That's actually what my what. I had a what this week. Oh, and it was what? Jimmy Johnson. Should we oh, get into it? Let's start it with Mark's what. Mark's what. The Legacy Motor Club that's a team owned by Maury Gallagher and Jimmy Johnson. I was seven time from the Chevy camp and he's enlisted to Garage 56 at Lamar this year in the Camaro NASCAR spec thing. And his team's going to Toyota next season. It's uh, a bit of a one from left field. It's not a part of the Joe Gibbs Racing 2311 Alliance. It'll be a bit of a standalone thing, but it'll be within the Toyota fold. So weird, you know, that Chevy didn't go out there to try and keep Jimmy in the fold. But obviously they've got a lot of big buck teams that they're bankrolling. So um, they've got a Toyota. Odd. What? Well, I I didn't have a what because I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, it is now in the podcast. More work, but I'm what I'm going to do is transition one of my knots into what, Ooh. because it does. And and for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, a what it's like what with a question mark at the end. It's like what the hell was that? So my what is that uh, you will remember on this podcast uh, some weeks ago we had quite an elaborate dissection of the stupid Formula E advertising campaign where they basically drove a car out of a plane and crashed into the ground because that's good marketing for motorsport. Is it? Um, what I saw this week was a behind the scenes of how they filmed a what? stupid ad in motorsport. So, and, we, and the caption was, and correct me if I'm wrong, the caption was, don't worry, we didn't really push one out of a plane. And I was disappointed because I was sort of hoping that we'd be minus one Formula E car, but um, that's my what is don't don't add to the storyline of a stupid ad. Don't spoil uh, a good story with the truth. Mm. Well, firstly, uh, not to you for not putting that in the group chat. I would have loved to have dissected that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and I've actually got another what. Um, imagine that you survived a Formula One race. And then you get put in the back of a mini moke and you die on the way to the podium. <laughs> well, the more remarkable thing about that was that it didn't catch fire because it's a British car in the tropics and that they just instantly combust. Like, And, and literally the most dangerous car in the world. Mm. And how is it not rusted? <laughs> it's, like, it's so dangerous. Truly amazing. Uh, no pressure on you to have a, a what. No, and, and good because I won't take up that pressure. Yeah, good. What's uh, do you want to lead off with a knot? I'll lead off. Oh, look, my hot was just going to be the boxing at NASCAR. I oh, think there should be okay. more of it. Bring it on. Let's get guys speaking their mind. Maybe not the fisticuffs. Maybe we don't really want to see that, but let's see a bit of face to face action. Blokes going into blokes' garages, all that sort of stuff. It's storylines. That's what sells sport. Yep. And uh, let's make it interesting. 
We need somebody to go and whack somebody down at Simmons Plains next week. I agree with you. Oh, that could um, happen. I'll be down there. So, what about Philip Island? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We'll embrace it, mate. We'll we'll get them to recreate yeah, it if we don't capture Tom, it live. <laughs> Tom could be up for it if you have a chat to him about it. Potentially. Nice weather. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. My we're doing hots, aren't we? My hots. Well, we sort of did, we did mine. We we talked about how good Phillip Island's going to be. I'm really looking forward to going there. I love Phillip Island. It's a great place. It's a great race meeting. Um, but I will give a bonus hot to uh, little Kiwi cousins in Formula E. Nick Cassidy and Mitch Evans finished first and second in Monaco, which is great. Uh, and I'm very fortunate to be pals with Mitch's dad, Owen, on Facebook. And Owen and his lovely wife, Tracy, are over there supporting their son and living a bit of the Monaco life. And it's very, very funny. Um, so I'm, apologies for everybody who's not friends for Owen Evans, but it's living the dream of a retired bloke watching his kid go car racing, which is outstanding. Uh, New Zealand land speed record holder. So that that's my hot. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. That's my hot. Just to add to that, uh, Saturday, 16 and sunny. Sunday, 17 and sunny at Phillip Island. Oh, yeah, see, that's fine. See, that's 17 and sunny at Phillip Island feels like 40, so that's fine. Yeah, that'll be nice. Mm. Mark? Uh, hot Ryan Newman's back. He's replacing the legally induced sideline Cody Ware. So uh, he had some unfinished business. He sort of got sidelined from a full-time NASCAR gig uh, before his time. So it'll be good to have the Rocket Man back. Um, I've got a series of hots and nots, things that are hot and also not. Uh, Fernando Alonso watching the TV and commenting oh, yes. on how Lance was going. Yeah. Uh, good skill. Also good for TV ratings. If we can add an extra 20 people to the mm-hmm. ratings there for the Formula One, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but not how boring was the race if the drivers lost interest in it while they were competing. <laughs> yeah. mm. um, also on that, the Tainando uh, the rumors, uh, the Taylor Swift rumors, they continue. Um, but they haven't been confirmed, so that's not. not a thing. Um, Leclerc, bidding it twice in the same corner in two days, that's a not. But mm. um, it put Max ninth on the grid, which gave us something to watch on Sunday, which is hot. <laughs> mm. So thank you for that, Charles. Um, the curated radio transmissions uh, in Formula One, I think they're hot. I really like it. But yep. it does put things into perspective as a parent of a four-year-old. These guys are absolute sooks. All of them are complete oh, and utter babies. Seriously. Hallelujah. How's Lewis at the start? I think we might have to retire the car. It's not very good. Yeah. And then he drove through the six. sixth. Yeah. Good on you, mate. Well done. Yeah. So uh, congratulations on that. Um, and my last hot and not, and I'm going off on a Shebeki style non-motorsport oh. tangent here, nice. but it's but it's on brand. It's okay. on brand, right? Just don't, don't stress. Um, and it's important. It's the Pizza Hut all-you-can-eat buffet. <laughs> so it turns out there's still a thing, and there's as many as 15 yeah. of them still in operation around the country. And frankly, this is something that they should be promoting. Yes. And there's an all-you-can-eat Pizza Hut buffet in Tasmania. If it's Simmons Plains, they're not promoting that yep. pizza on venue Jones's on Macca Jones' yep. car. It's criminal offence. So Can that's we do a ho- podcast from there? I can't see why yes. we wouldn't. The, now, but here's the thing. Here's the knot. The one, the last remaining store in Ballarat, the lease is up and they're not sure whether they're going to renew. Mm. So that would be our venue for doing this podcast at the Pizza Hut Buffet in Ballarat. But they need to renew their lease. So that big, big stuff. Well, why don't we just buy it? Okay, that's a big call. Yeah, yeah, that's not where I expected this to go. Um, Let's chat. 
Yeah, we, that we could we could change the name of the show to On the Crust. <laughs> yeah. I, I, f- I feel that we'd probably eat into the profits. Yeah, literally, literally, yeah, <laughs> literally. Uh, uh, very not, good. Not for me is the F one race boring as batshit. Seriously, I I don't want to see Red Bull winning every race this year. Please, somebody, pull your freaking finger out and give them some competition. Please, thirty or thirty or forty points now between. Perez and next in line, which mm. I think is Alonso. Uh, Actually, to, to throw a little bonus hot in, did um, Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise was at Miami, and then the day after, he appeared at the concert they had for the old coronation. The coronation. I should have asked Tom if he actually watched how, that. That was one of my how, questions. How did, he, how did he do that? That's No, but he did it in a plane, didn't he? Well, obviously. No, he appeared at the coronation in a I mean, plane. He didn't swim, but he... No, no, he did the coronation thing in a plane. He he recorded it while flying a plane, but he was there. No, he wasn't. You sure? Yeah, hundred percent. He okay. did. He seemed. I didn't to, watch it. Uh, uh, I I saw highlights of it on the anyway, morning show the next day. Uh, he was Cruise. in a plane in a, in a an old World War Two type plane, flying it around. Uh, King Charles, been Brilliant. a pleasure. Da da da, serving you all this sort of stuff. Gave the salute and then tilted to the right, wings tilted, and off he went. No, he was definitely yeah. in a plane. That'd be in his Mustang, which was uh, at the end of Top Gun Maverick. True story. That's his plane. Um, sorry, but back to the whole movie thing. Brad Pitt driving Formula One car. Yes. Um, did, but did you see Tom on the grid there? He looked like Bernie Eccleston. Yes, he did. The Yeah. So maybe he's playing Bernie. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Um my not Miami Grand Prix, not the race itself. The race was okay. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Miami Grand Prix, why? Money. I don't get it. I don't get that race. I I, I like it. I it looks incredible. Um, I I, I it, it's special and it's different and it's got a fake marina and it looks pretty. But then again, they built it in a car park. Why did they put that racetrack on a blank canvas? Because it's not a very good racetrack, mm. let's be honest. So that frustrates me. So yeah. does that mean Vegas is going to be very similar, do we think? No, because Vegas uses the strip and it's the long Azerbaijan-style straight and that, that it's it's much, much more of a straight okay. circuit than what Miami is. So, yeah. Um, I just don't get it. But my biggest knot is Formula 1 drivers. For the most part, and and it's rare that I give Lewis Hamilton props for not whinging, but he didn't whinge about the driver intros. He was like, "We got to do this. This is what the market wants. We got to do it." I'm okay with the driver intros because the, even that was still eighty percent of some of the more bonkers shit that NASCAR's done in their time. Um, they had NASCAR had a priest at one point that thanked the good Lord for his smoking hot wife. Yeah. What F1 did's got nothing compared to that, right? So I'm fine with it. If that's what Formula One needs to grow big in the biggest sporting marketplace in the world, a bunch of prima donna racing car drivers who are a little bit frustrated about having to spend an extra five minutes in the heat before they get jump into their racing car and get paid a million dollars to go and drive their car for 90 minutes. If they can't cop that, you're probably in the wrong business. And you need to keep in mind that you are in the entertainment game as well as being a professional athlete. So 
Hallelujah. that's what it takes for Formula One to go even bigger in the United States, which is what everybody wants to do, then you can probably cop a crazy driver intro. It might not be to your taste. That's fine. Not everybody likes Vegemite. I love it. You get that. Not everybody likes mental driver intros. I'm fine with it because it's all part of the show and it gives us something to talk about. So that is my not for this week. Harden up, Princess. It's just a driver intro. Very soon afterwards, you're going to go and drive a racing car, get paid a lot of money, and then go and pick up all the women you like in Miami's nightclubs that night, if that's your thing, or Taylor Swift. You are so... speaking my language, brother. <laughs> Seriously. It really ground my gears to uh, read that. Just, It's a driver intro. It's not. It's, it's 10 minutes out of your life. Move on. And if right. they're looking for someone to do driver intros at the Australian Grand Prix next year, so you're Australia's LL Cool J, is what you're saying? I'd go with that. Voice of the be. G, bigger <laughs> audience. Cool. <laughs> um, similar vein, uh, the Miami Grand Prix organisers, they completely resurfaced the track after just one race last year. I mean, it was a shocker, so they had to do it. Um, but they very sneakily recouped their costs. There was a, a TikTok there of some punter who paid $3,000, which I believe in Australian dollars is about a million, uh, for a <laughs> ticket opposite the swimming pool area. But he couldn't even see the big screens because of all the cabanas that were up. No. So uh, he was peaking that he got shafted three grand for that. Um, hats, you know, we complained about them costing $90 bucks, yeah. uh, at the Australian Grand Prix at the US there, they cost 90 bucks, which I believe is a thousand in Australian dollars. <laughs> so uh, they, someone made some good coin out of that. And then there were the food prices. There's been a bit of uh, a bit of story about this. Uh, keep in mind that these are American servings of four, which could in reality be an absolute trough of food. I mean, and I'm yeah, not complaining or having a go at that. And I'm sure everyone on this chat is all here on all in on American food and the serving sizes and totally. the style of food. Yeah, totally. Right. So these are some of the prices for a serving of four. Main lobster rolls, $450. No. Yellow, ye- what? Mm. Just hear me out, all right? <laughs> Yellowfin tuna, tuna poke, $350. Oh. Fruit salad, $295. Caviar, caviar, $400 an ounce, which is 30 grams, which if you round down is nothing. Uh, a platter of F1 sliders was $500. And this is the one that really upsets me. Steam buns were $300. Now, last week in Woolies, you could get a packet of the frozen barbecue pork buns, half price for $4 a pack, 10 <laughs> minutes in the steamer, and they are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And over there, they're stitching you up $300 American dollars. <laughs> it's not like the Americans to stitch you up for anything. <laughs> Why would anyone go back? They- mm. Oh, yeah. Who are and, they trying to market this to? Can we please redo this segment in a few months' time when we go to Vegas? Because I reckon you're going to find it's even going to be worse. Yeah, but we know. But that's Las Vegas. You, you cop that. Yeah. I don't know about Miami. At least you get free drinks when you gamble over there. That's something. Mm. Anyway. All right. Thank you, boys. Good knots. Lots of knots. Go to Phil Island this weekend. It's going to be great. You yeah. have a great weekend there, sir. We'll look forward to hearing your voice across the stand channels and everything else that uh, is broadcasting it this weekend mark catch you again soon and we'll catch you again soon right here on the grid